that supposed to be Saturday? What day is it today? Wednesday. Exactly. Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falcon, Slammer Falcon Screen, and we are joined by freelance writer and critic Virat Nehru. Ciao. Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Bonjour. And a very special guest because Static Vision's Hyperlinks is happening this weekend ow, ow, at ow. Pink Flamingo. Felix, Felix Hubble. Aloha, baby. It is a big... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. We're so excited for this episode because it is a new festival. It is happening. We're going to talk about it in a sec. But first, we want to talk about Static Vision and the team that have brought Hyperlinks to life. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's uh, mostly me and Connor Bateman who uh, started 4.3 with a couple of people. Uh, we kind of felt that there was a bit of a void in screenings uh, on sort of a monthly basis in Sydney of art house material, the sort of stuff you get in rep theatres in LA and New York, and looked into the logistics of bringing some of that stuff out here. Um, turns out it works. And um, so, yeah, we've been operating for about a year now and had a bit of a pretty successful screening with uh, Long Day's Journey Into Night earlier in this year. Had a Sold out Northern Street. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sold out Northern Street, sold out uh, three screens at Central and some more at Northern Street. Um, so after that, we went uh, sitting on a little bit of cash and our mantra has always been uh, we don't pay ourselves, we don't make any money. Anything that kind of comes in gets reinvested in future screenings so we can run at a loss on some of them and stuff like that. And we went, well, this is more than we expected to have. Why don't we try and book... 13 films and put them on a weekend and see what we can do with that well fortunate to have you guys because i feel like this undertaking you're doing now wouldn't be possible if people were in it for profit no i really appreciate that but i I totally agree and i think that that's maybe part of the reason that you know australia's got a smaller population that doesn't have uh the density of people around the city center to kind of keep this sort of stuff going like that but also sydney right like i've i'm getting ahead of ourselves because i'm not we haven't really spoken about what the festival is but it seems like such a melbourne thing yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know i think sydney sydney's got some diamonds in the rough baby like sydney can uh it just needs a bit of something going on people are gonna yeah you built it and people came i mean going to static vision events they're fun they're different they're eclectic and now we can have instead of going to see some there's a bunch of terrible movies out now and Regular we'll cinemas. be talking about one of them briefly, which only Felix among us had, <laughs> yeah. had the yeah. courage to face up to. It's very fast, very blue, and apparently they've rejected no it. It's Fantasy no Island, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, but it's all weekend, and so it's Friday through Sunday, and it's called Hyperlinks. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just before that, um, I think like the perfect example of why this sort of stuff does work a bit in Sydney is we've known each other f- all separately through different channels for many years now. Yeah, there really is that community it's just you know there's not the regularity of stuff going on to keep us around apart from you know you've got SAF and you've got Sydney Film Festival uh, that's two events per year and I think Half Symbolic and a couple of other groups as well are starting to do stuff as well and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna change. I think we're gonna get a bit of nice cultural stuff. Anyway, I'm absolutely. No, no, no. no, no you're right. Actually, actually, you're absolutely right because I yeah. think I've known you and Connor since, since like four three started, which is yep. ages ago. Feels like a lifetime ago now, and now it's like seeing you guys blossom into these wonderful eclectic bitches doing their own thing. <laughs> oh, that's you. the subtext that, for that's the festival. The static yeah. 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 A festival by wonderful eclectic yeah. bitches. Yeah. yeah, We want to see it Full in Beyond Lights eclectic at Flamingo. Anyway, I'm doing a terrible job of letting you guys... No, we want to yeah, let yeah, you guys... <laughs> exactly the kind of audience that we are trying to like bring... Playing fast and loose. Yeah. Yeah. The audience on the weekend is going to be incredible. It's going to be all the old friends you saw at the cult screen. It's going to be new people who are up-and-coming filmmakers. I mean, that's what I'm guessing. Well, yeah, completely. Yeah, is that why you picked Pink Flamingo? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Ingrid, who runs the venue, is just such a kind of incredible force in the Sydney film scene, and it's such a good venue, very like ad hoc and, and DIY. 
Um, and I feel like it really kind of fits the mantra of what we're kind of go, trying to go for with stuff, um, especially with the sort of money arrangements and stuff. So it was kind of the perfect venue for us for this. Um, and yeah, in terms of that community, that's what we really want is like, uh, young people who haven't come to stuff before can kind of come take in a whole day mm. meet everyone it, like kind of that's why we're doing single screen single screenings you can make every single session in the program if you want to you can do full days you can kind of pick and choose but it is really that fostering of discussions around the film and after the film and around the concept anyway what is the yeah. festival what is hyperlinks? hyperlinks yeah so hyperlinks is all about the internet it's uh a exploration of digital past presence and futures and uh we kind of selected 13 features about digital cultures i i guess about the current state of the world the future state of the world the past state of the world in terms of technology um so we've got a really vast array of stuff we're kicking off with demon lover the olivia ss uh movie from 2002 about corporate espionage and hentai um and then kind of moving through i love that description thank you yeah (laughs) that's Um, art it's eclectic bitch description yeah completely (laughs) um and then our saturday is nicknamed for us internally our loud day so it's a lot of um i don't know raucous audacious very loud uh maybe not sonically but in terms of personality films and then sunday's sort of more of a chill out day um so yeah a 50 50 mix of features and documentaries uh most of them are australian premieres we've got a couple of state premieres i think it's just demon lover and the task that have played in sydney before demon lover of course played 17 years ago in yeah. Sydney and um, the task has only ever played in the gallery setting and that's one that we felt could really yeah so, benefit from a screen anyway right. so. so taking it from the start why did yeah. you decide to bring back Demon Lover uh, we were just kind of throwing around ideas for opening night films and I feel like Demon Lover kind of encapsulates the entire idea of what we're trying to go for it's a very I don't know uh, boisterous uh, very what's like abstract strange take on an action film on a thriller um but it's also one of the earlier films of kind of this generation of filmmaking or maybe even the last one that uh does really tackle kind of issues around the internet around the dark web around Mm. uh the commodification of data and privacy um and also the commodification of the body through the internet right which seems to be a theme of a lot of the other films in the program yeah definitely definitely i guess like a interesting parallel is searching eva which we can talk about a bit later yeah um yeah one which is specifically about the commodification of the body and personalities but yeah as kind of like an update on um videodrome it is a really interesting self-contained uh sort of project itself um so just a bit of background on demon lover for people who don't know it uh, you've got a couple of corporations fighting over the rights for hentai, but what they're not actually fighting over the hentai itself, they're fighting over the hidden site Hellfire Club, which is an extreme sort of dark web bondage site hidden within the extreme hentai sites. Um, and there's a lot of actual corporate espionage and sabotage going on behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, a, a lot of people are going to Google hentai tonight. It's a, no, it's a, it's a <laughs> super weird film. Um, if you know what just, hentai just, is, this is the festival for you. Or just right? if you don't, just come on Friday and find Watch out. Watch Demon Absolutely. Lover. Yeah. Um, yeah, the thing that strikes me as weird about Demon Lover is uh, I know that there's the Hellfire Club and the, the background stuff mm-hmm. going on, but even that 
taken into consideration, it's weird to see this much corporate intrigue over anti. Yeah, yeah, completely, <laughs> completely. Yeah, and I don't know. It's a bit of a shame. I'm sure you guys have seen the film before. I've seen it, yeah. yeah, um, it's. I really don't want to spoil the final sentence yeah, of the yeah, film yeah. or the final passage, but I really feel like that final passage is so prescient and really does, in a way, sort of color that level of commodification yeah. that again kind of floats itself through the rest of the program um yep. one one thing we did want to do with the festival is make something really thematically consistent um mm. throughout the whole thing so yeah demon lover sort of sets the tone for it and then you're going to get that same sort of a uh, mood or vibe echoed through some really kind of like g-level documentaries <laughs> as opposed to the very r uh, demon yeah. lover i guess um, demon lover has that international kind of vibe as yeah, well that, completely and also like mixed media that yeah. seems to be yeah there's a lot of sort of stuff mixed media stuff screens going on. right I, I guess that kind of like br- brings pretty nicely into the next two films in the program so on saturday we've actually got two sort of uh youtube collages mm. um playing in the festival both of them played in rotterdam in sort of sidebar stuff there so the first one's a self-induced hallucination um which we have screened as one of our Static Vision Presents screenings earlier uh, last year. It's a cut-up documentary about Slenderman and uh, the mythos surrounding Slenderman, both on and offline, and sort of collective digital delusion, mm. um, which I guess is the broader theme that ties more into other stuff. So that's just kind of like a screening we're doing. Uh, tickets are $5 for under 25 so that we just kind of want to bring something on screen to get sort of uh, younger film fans that maybe haven't met each other before or want to kind of get a bit of a community going there. In That's yeah. with Film and Revolt. That is with Film and Revolt, a great group who are really about fostering young writers. And um, yeah, we're really stoked to be doing an event with them. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to be following that with a panel that will be me and uh, my co-programmer, Connor. And it's going to be about video essays and editing. His specialty. His specialty completely, although I'll hijack it and talk about other stuff. It's, it's funny because I, I, can, I can imagine yeah. Connor speaking right now and he speaks in the completely opposite way that you speak. And it's really yeah. fun to it's imagine it. that on a panel. Yeah, yeah. The very <laughs> measured versus the Connor, completely Con- casual... <laughs> Connor is like the, uh, if I can generalize, he's like the presentable corporate one and you're like the punk rock one. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, I mean, he's not yeah. fully corporate, please. No, yeah. corporate, corporate yeah. isn't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what it's worth, I was at uh, Connor and I, we live very close to each other and we were in a bottle though, just after I'd seen Rise of Skywalk with a bunch of friends and they were saying, oh, you're a critic, you're supposed to hate it. And then Connor walks in at this exact moment and he hears us talking <laughs> and he says, yeah, Rise of Skywalk is terrible. He says, oh, what are you a critic too? Just, he gives <laughs> off that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, that, sh- that should be a really fun panel. Um, and then following up that, uh, we've got Lynch History, which um, is a really incredible film. It's not about Film Fight Club favourite David Lynch. No, no. It's about Film Fight Club other favourite Marshawn Lynch from Love the, Marshawn uh, Lynch. <laughs> from the Seahawks, the official Film Fight Club team yeah. for the purposes of today. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, Marshawn Lynch is a footballer who used to, um, so basically a bit of background on the NFL, you're obligated to give media appearances and that sort of stuff uh, on your contract. And he used to rock up to his media appearances, not answer any questions and just basically run down the timer on that for the obligation. And it was uh, at the time portrayed as sort of this uh ungrateful guy messing with the system but really it was kind of an act of silent resistance of against uh institutionalized racism and the film really places it within that context um so yeah it's a really really interesting 
project that basically draws from a bunch of YouTube clips, a bunch of interviews, pieces them all together to kind of tell the story of racism in the media sport industrial complex in the US filtered through this one footballer and his kind of silent act of resistance around the time of, um, sorry, his name's just completely... Uh, the, who knelt. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, his name is... Uh, Kaepernick, me, Colin, Cap- Colin, Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, 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 from the 49ers. So it was, it was sort of tied in with that. So yeah, that's a really, really fascinating project. Um, it's by David Shields, who's an, uh, quite an acclaimed author. This is his first feature. Yeah, I've heard of him as an author. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I thought reading the description of this, not having seen it, it kind of sounds a little similar in ambitions to what OJ Made in America did in terms of like framing mm. like the broader picture of questions completely. around race and media completely and I, I think it really gets across how the media perspective on events can kind of be skewed um, because you know the media is predominantly white and yeah. you know everything else and there's you know so much marketing money going into that sort of stuff and really influencing you know bad faith acting I guess against what is like a very earnest and very legitimate form of uh, I guess resistance yeah so absolutely recommend that film and we're going to play a clip from it I think or at least an audio clip yeah yeah absolutely and before we do there's also a party on the Friday night oh happening. there is a party on the Friday night yeah, yeah. so um, one of the uh, well, my favourite DJs from Sydney Atro is going to be doing a set for us so he's in Slim Set who are a very online sort of inner west uh, and outer west uh, hip hop group and the static vision sound system, which I'm not quite sure what that consists of just yet, but uh, we'll be doing a set as well. Um, Is it like your Reclaim the Streets? It will sound be. System? Maybe the Donk Baron will make an appearance. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, no, that's uh, that night as well. We've put a lot of effort into kind of creating, setting the sort of tone for the festival. So um, in the lead up, we'll kind of be having drinks in the foyer, and we've got like a very specific playlist very specific videos playing and stuff just kind of get you in the mood for the weekend and it, it's, it's sounds... such a great place I've, I've actually just sat during screenings the last one i went to um the one about the nuclear bomb that was perfectly going off in los angeles mm. and at one point i got up and oh, wait there's all these couches on the side that look like they've been there since the 70s you can just lounge and completely it's going to be pretty great in that environment yeah yeah absolutely i think i think that's really a benefit of um kind of having a central festival venue and just one screen as well is that you'll really get a sense of the environment and it's going to bleed into the programming and it's going to bleed the aesthetic and the the vibe of Ingrid themselves and you know, it, it seems like a together. similar kind of conception to what Suf do would you say absolutely so? I would say so yeah. like Suf is absolutely the the cream of the crop I think mm. um, not just in Australia I've been to a few overseas festivals as well of just kind of creating that post film vibe and the pre-film vibe and you really yeah, sort of the sense of community that runs around that um, and the way that they fit out factory theatre to really make that work. Yeah, to be clear, we've got the underground film which is in September. Yes. Yeah. But this generally, what I really find fascinating, and I think this would also bring, is that each festival has its own kind of audience. And yeah. I really feel, you know, yeah. Hyperlinks is going to like attract a different kind of crowd. A crowd yeah. that don't come be to interesting, film festivals. Yeah. Job's World, crowd too. Job's World sounds like it could play stuff though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Job's World is fantastic and, you know, little, little, little missed opportunity for stuff, but I'm very glad to have it. Um, Zeros and Ones uh, oh, I is, love that. Yeah, is and ones incredible is, yeah. as well, um, which favorites. we're pairing them together. We'll talk about them a bit later, I guess. But um, yeah, they're both straight out of the stuff program. If, really. if Well, on this note, um, if we can just for a moment talk of, away from the actual 
schedule. Yeah, completely. What's the process for selecting these films like? Like, did you you just have a general idea you wanted to do a festival and then notice a thematic consistency in some of the films to choose from, or did yeah. you go in and seek out films specifically? You've absolutely hit the nail on the head. This is kind of a culmination of a lot of stuff that we were looking for our month-to-month stuff, and we, I guess it's kind of our own interests and the interests of our friends and our community kind of yeah. overlapped in. We are like, oh, this is a really interesting unifying theme, and how would we program around the theme was mm. also running through our heads. Um, yeah, so in terms of hyperlinks, we're only planning on doing this as a one-off, and then we're going to move on to the a next topic. Theme. Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah. Um, That's a really I mean, cool concept. Yeah, true, true, false definitely pull off the one niche subject over and over again every year, but I think there's really. But they have a broad kind of subject. Totally, to totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think there's going to be something really cool about being able to. I don't know. See, see what's what's happening in the ether of the world at any given time, and kind of mm. programming around that. So yeah, a lot of these Lynch was something we were considering um, for one of our monthly screenings. Uh, tourism and the task as well, and mating and LAT time. Yeah, were all stuff that we'd considered for monthly screenings, and then went, oh, you know, it would be great. We could right. put these on over a weekend, and mm. you know, unify them with some other titles and shorts that sort of fit the concept and environment really into it. So we'll be back in just a moment. We take a very short break. This is a clip from, audio clip from, um, we talked about it earlier, Lynch History. Absolutely. And it's pretty soundtrack. So we'll be back in a sec. Stay tuned to returning to, we're on Film Fight Club with Felix Hubble from Hyperlink and Static Vision with Glenn Fowling and Chris Evans from Rat Nehru. We'll be back in one moment. Film Fight Club <laughs> with Felix Holm from Static Vision and Hyperlinks and Glenn Fallon and Chris Evans and Varat Nehru. Now, Searching Eva. Absolutely. Yeah, I we mean, you that earlier. Yeah, yeah, you talked about it earlier about commercializing the body and how that's a film which is a good pairing with Demon Lover. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. So, so um, Adam, who is the subject of the film, has since transitioned um, and a lot of their body of work is about um, personality and identity and they had a quite prolific um, Instagram account, which is what this is sort of built around. So, Searching Eva was a period in their life uh, where they, as Eva, were doing a lot of sex work and creating this sort of image of the Berlin vagabond, uh, pseudo-vagabond, sort of moving through life with a very sort of honest approach to their body, their uh, drug use and everything else, and kind of cultivated quite a big online following within that sort of scene with that. And, um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting project because it's kind of... it's. Directed by, um, sorry, I forgot the name of the director, last name, but Pia. Um, and it's this collaborative project where they kind of craft a back end persona for this online world. But um, 
Adam is very much directing the project as it goes along. And I think it speaks really well to sort of like the different faces that people wear online and the way that personality gets constructed in a really kind of like hyper accelerated yeah. <laughs> vacuum. Another thing that I noticed, which I really like is, you know, a lot of the films in a thematic way also blur the distinction between fiction and what is real and what is not real. Absolutely. And, you know, so we're not going into thinking it's a movie movie kind of conventionally. Totally, totally. And I think that this is definitely one where you as a viewer question the narrator's construction of their own identity but also the director is sort of questioning that construction itself and there's like some quite critical stuff that comes out in the edit uh while someone else is sort of building their own personality mating those that as well but absolutely realistic thing yeah i watched tourism and that in a subtle way is sort of about how um we create conceptions of ourselves online yeah completely yeah completely. A, a lot of the films are touching on that definitely like, yeah. definitely and i, I and think mating's a really interesting one as well because right. you get two people who are kind of sort of dating kind of sort of not and they're sort of giving each other tips on how to make themselves more <laughs> yeah. likable and more presentable to potential right. partners and stuff yeah it's definitely definitely something that uh flows through a lot of our films even down to i uh, leave the bus through a broken window in which you're kind of seeing someone realize that they don't have a film or an identity within their own film apart from like a pathetic loser and how do you construct how do you construct a film and a narrative out of that when you're just in this place of heartbreak and despair but also fully knowing that that is an unreasonable thing yeah. to present to people. With the amazing Jonathan to an extent, um, use me yep. which screened at the Cinema Grand Film Festival, and this goes, I think, on a slightly more surreal tangent. Yeah, yeah, completely. Amazing Jonathan. You guys are uh, super into uh, movies taking place on screens, right? Like, I know, yep. I know you've... Yeah, when you program profile, I think, yeah, that was... Yeah, 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 and fans of Unfriended. Well, and Unfriended <laughs> Dark Web was something we were looking to pair with um, Zeros and Ones. That would have been um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it was not, not yeah. to be, but um, Zeros and Ones, actually, the uh, visual effects supervisor or creator on that went on to do the visual effects for Unfriended. Okay. Cool. Um, and this is kind of a prototypical desktop film there's a lot of animation it's like a dreamed myspace reality about kind of like this slacker loser who loses his laptop right and then accuses all of his acquaintances who are at this party of stealing it and kind of eliminates them one by one um in this very uh, like technologically oppressive world where there's constantly stuff popping up on screen and little messages and everything else it's kind of really hard to describe i'd say if you can go watch the trailer for it you'll get a vibe for the edit it's something they achieve with that is like on another level something me and Glenn have discussed on the show before is how we kind of hate the way that a lot of films deal with text messaging yeah the use of technology and struggle to visualize that so it's interesting to make a festival that's almost entirely about the ways in which you you represent technology and our connection with technology I I think you do it well searching did it the spider-man animation film that was very popular um, yeah. The one scene in Endgame with the, Hawkeye. Oh man, let's not talk about Endgame. No, but <laughs> the one scene that was good. It's in not that film. good, folks. Sorry. But <laughs> but yeah, like films always seem to be set twenty years in the past in terms yeah. of how they deal with technology, especially now. Totally, I think. So, totally. Like, it's good to draw together all these movies that are trying to be honest about how digital a world it is, yeah. especially for the, the current, uh, younger generations. I'll now. see what one that I can like fully hands down recommend it's our first thing on sunday um and there's not a phone in sight <laughs> is uh the task which is uh 
film social experiment. It was this art project this guy was doing where he does a Tavistock experiment, which is basically uh, a group of people in a room with circular hierarchies, sitting in circular hierarchies, and there's a number of exercises that are done, and throughout the day you can change seats, basing on that. He did the experiment two years ago, and after the proliferation of Trump and just the way that Twitter and Facebook comment sections have gone, it's just showing the complete and utter breakdown of what has been quite a well-regarded and well-respected uh, psychological experiment over the last 40 years, how it just completely does not work in this particular paradigm. And I think that that film, in some ways, more than anything else, represents the way that technology has changed the world, mm. despite not having any of the technology actually in the film and that not being a concern. So, yeah, I, I, I do think it's a, like a weird, interesting thematic thing that runs throughout right, right. everything. And like, yeah. It's something that we're going to have to find ways like that to abstract it. Yeah. Right, because I think the problem that I was talking about that me and Glenn find is often, um, I think, the depictions of technology are kind of thuddingly literal. Yes, like they yeah. haven't found a way to seamlessly merge the aesthetics of yeah. digital technology with film language. Completely. Except you do have one really low tech film in a sense playing Sakawa, which Absolutely. is very relatable and has been a story that you can have seen take place any time of the past couple of decades because you always wonder who is what is real, what is fake, who is on the other side of the computer. Yeah. And this deals with the other side in its entirety. Completely. And um the way in which you know our consumption of technology iPhones whatever else has just led to abject poverty over in other countries where we export all of our our physical waste, our e-waste, our like, you know, intellectual and policy waste, <laughs> and everything else. As long as they yeah. keep making stuff for us, it's fine. That's it. That's it. So yeah, Sakawa. It's um, it's in Ghana. It feels like a narrative film, but it's actually a really kind of profoundly shot uh, documentary about um, the people who trawl e-waste um, to kind of harvest personal information to essentially catfish boomers um i guess is like one way of putting it but it's not as i guess online and techie as that it's it's really quite sad and moving in many ways yeah. it's an incredible scene where they just pan out at all the people speaking on as if they were talking but to persons who they were deeply affectionate for but clearly they're putting this on and they're lying about everything everything is fake yeah completely and you're watching them kind of extract you know 20 us dollars like a negligible oh, amount yeah. bull amount out of them and it's like that's a month's pay um at another job working you know sorting yeah. garbage that you know we've sent over to the country there it's it's yeah it's really quite i don't know confronting in yeah. many ways finding the obscure harmless stuff that you think is oh yeah. i post a picture on an iphone that's not going to come back to bite me and it does and it completely gives you it gives you some scale and context as to yeah, the importance of what's out, what's out there. Yeah. Everything, everything is searchable. Nothing is deletable. Absolutely. Think on that, boomers. <laughs> One of the films that sounded really interesting to me was Idol. Yeah, completely. So Idol's um, from Lawrence Leck, who made a pretty prolific uh, video essay called Sinofuturism um, a number of years ago and has been making a lot of films in, I think it's the Unreal 4 engine. Um, so sort of machinima, which is um, animating. Yeah you know, short films in video game engines. And this is a film about a idol, like a totally digital pop star, um, needing to write a song for the 2065 esports championship halftime show that will unite humanity and save the world. And um, it's a gallery work. We're really happy to have it screening in a cinema context because it's quite a interesting and unique work. And I guess is looking forward to uh, a 
future in which where I, I guess I don't know to me speaks a bit to um, what's the word I'm looking for deep fake technology and right. like a future in which we're animating reality and how you oh, deal with d- that in the event of moon disaster speaking of deep fakes yeah incredible absolutely. one of well, probably my favorite shorts the short of the ones I've seen yeah yeah completely yeah. that's a really interesting interesting work it's Where? fascinating the idea that um, they create this image this video of Richard Nixon speaking in the event that Apollo 11 had crashed and it looks very looks real. real and they say at the beginning this is a fake movie and you're watching this address and think wow I could be drawn in by this if I were to see this the whole deep fake thing is just interesting to me how everyone's like oh wow this is really dangerous let's just keep pressing ahead anyway yeah yeah completely <laughs> it's like we've lost the battle already yeah, um, yeah. Like, oh, let's this, just see what happens all festivals like, are cautionary warning about deep fakes yeah. yeah it's like you know oh it's dangerous but like oh well yeah, no. Run, Running Man really blew the whistle on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. I, I like that we're bringing in stuff, or you're bringing in. I'm not taking credit for your festival, okay? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. the, I like that or you're bringing. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's stuff that could be considered cautionary tales in the program, but you're trying to give a broader survey of approaches to technology. Yeah, completely. It's not just all like Doom and internet's gloom. ruined everything. Yeah, yeah, Boomer yeah. vision. No, no, it's yeah. just changed. Everything's changed. The goalposts have moved and yeah. Yeah. And that's also what we're trying to do with the festival. We're trying to kind of change a bit of the approach to, you know, curating a film and what is and isn't achievable on like a relatively small budget for a not limited, but, you know, niche audience and what we can do with that. Now, the festival is happening this weekend, Friday through Sunday, at the Pink Flamingo in Marrickville. For those who have been listening, for those who want to go, for those who want to be a part of it, what do we do? How do we get there? Okay, you can hit hyperlinks.sydney. Um, that's our official Tumblr. That's got a bunch of information there. It's got the passes. It's got the films. Um, there's three ways to do it. You can buy individual film tickets. They're 12 bucks or less, depending on what it is. Um, then you've got five film passes. I forget the price. It's about 45 bucks. And you've got the full festival pass, which is, I think, 115 If you're a subscriber to our email, you get discounts as well. But, yeah, you can get the tickets through there. You can get the tickets uh, at the venues. Please come along. Come check it out. Um, come do a whole day. Give it a go. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. I'm going to be there Friday, Saturday. Come say hi. Come check it out. It's going to be great. It's new. It's novel. It's different. And you're going to like it. We'll bring the yeah. film community together, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Be weird. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, how much time? We had literally 15 seconds. 15, so sec- 15 seconds. How was Sonic? Sonic. Okay, Sonic. Thank you, Felix Hubble. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, 10 yeah. seconds. Got to go fast. Okay, Sonic the Hedgehog. Go, go fast. They shoot Jim Carrey wrong. No Dutch angles. Um, don't see it. It's passable, though. Thanks. <laughs> this has been Glenn Falcons. Bye, Felix Hubble. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy movies. Good night. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're actually back because we've decided that Felix is still here and we want to talk about our favourite movie of, of 2019, all time. of all time. And I've seen it the third was, time now. Yeah, clearly it's your favourite. Not even my favourite film I saw that day. Um, <laughs> was, was it Cats? Oh, you saw it I, I actually quite liked Cats, but we'll, you know, um, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about Cats. It's too yeah. controversial. No, I yeah. saw it the third time. My friends when I was a kid wanted to see it. and then would be the real film fight though. And <laughs> I, I look. I didn't see half the film. Like, <laughs> but right, from okay. what I saw of the, half, I yeah. enjoyed it, Cats. I, I, re- I rewatched Cats. I watched yeah. the new version. It's just as bad the, as the, the cha- okay, version the, they didn't the change. The thing about Cats is, if if you watch the whole thing, you'll like it less because, like, yeah. I, I'm, I was really into it at first. Like, this is just so crazy. But then mm. you, it kind of just gets boring. Okay, yeah, yeah. there aren't that many tricks in the yeah, bag. You know, Here's my definitive yeah. hot take: I liked Cats more than I liked Rise of Skywalker. You know what? Okay, okay. no, I, that, that, that's I'm I'm okay so with wrong. that, but we should we should say that uh, Verat could barely stay awake through Rise of Skywalker and yeah, sleep for like half the movie. This hot take. My, <laughs> my defense of cats. When have you heard a worse song? 
<laughs> as the text comes on screen and it rises up and it's just like this is like a bad like midi parody track from like a 2000 yeah. but it's all about expectations no, 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 oh, right, yeah, yeah, what's I the agree. song about the two thieving cats and uh, Dun, dun, uh, I've oh, already forgotten the song oh, yeah, because yeah, I needed to block it out of my memory. The Jellicle Ball, actually, I re- on rewatch, there is one good shot in the whole film, and it's during the Jellicle Ball. It's set back, it's about 20 seconds long, and it's just Francesca Haywood dancing. No, no, it's a clean shot. The thing, is, the the thing is, like, it's all about expectations. With Cat, I knew going in, I'm going in a terrible movie. With Rise of Skywalker, yeah, there was all this expectation of being wrapping it up and whatever, and being a mildly interesting movie. Yeah, it gets whatever. even worse the third yeah, why time. Why is a saga? Why, do, why the hell do you call it a saga? Time it's nothing a saga. Um, the yeah. dead okay, speak. So, yeah. so, but, but, so uh, introducing what we're doing, uh, we're doing Rise of Star Wars. Doing Rise, <laughs> Rise, Rise of Star Wars. Wars. Rise so, of Merchandise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what is the worst Star Wars film? It's uh, the one I told you it was going to be. It's Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Um, and yeah, we did, uh, we did an episode, I think the week before it came out and, uh, I stand by exactly what I said on that day. It's the worst. The editing is bad. Everything I'd said, sight unseen, that's it. The editing is shocking. I love the way that it opens with like, whoa, which is like the... Does it open with the... You've seen it more recently, It's the only film that starts with actually... The the, the first shot is... The ships going onto the Mustafa and Kylo Ren in midst yeah. of the battle. It's the first film. It's, like, what's it's the only on? one that opens in the middle of a battle, in the middle of action things. We have to get started right away. There's no setting. There's no web going in on this. There's no contextualizing. There's no setting the scene. This and we, is you know, now we don't it's know just... it's Mustafa unless even the hardcore fans would not recognize that from the graphic novel imagery, the cartoon series, Rogue One. or Rogue One. You wouldn't know. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I still don't know what Mustafa is. So oh, like... it's the Darth Vader planet from oh, Rogue right, One. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know, don't choke I, on your I, aspiration. I, 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 I thought okay. there was a person but, but there Im- you go immediately after we've got this like Palpatine's back for some reason scene um, there's wait he's back no, no, yeah. the, 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 the line is literally okay Rose says and I quote do we actually believe this it's an unintentionally <laughs> hilarious line but before that happens dark magic cloning secrets only the Sith know before yeah. that before that happens um, yeah we're not going to tell you guys we have no we have no reason for Palpatine to be back just go with it but before that happens um, still a better movie just go with after it the, mm. after the yeah I agree <laughs> yeah after the <laughs> most weird Darth Vader Kylo Ren I'm all the Sith thing then suddenly it's like Oscar Isaac's yelling a lot and they're, they're like hyper edited no one yeah. knows what's happening are you guys Isaac, friends he, now he's having such a bad time in that movie dude he tell me about it he does not want to be there there's, no, there's, he wanted the, the, act, the better romance to occur which Disney chickened so out on I so bad for yeah. him because Oscar Isaac's a great actor right and I was thinking like no one is going to be more hurt by this film than Oscar Isaac in terms mm. of their career prospects yeah. Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are two typecast they're going nowhere yeah. um, Adam Driver is bulletproof at this point oh god yeah. John Boyega all he got to do was Ray well, he had, like, Ray yeah, at one point yeah. He actually got shot Ray. back by Ray. Yeah. yeah. But Ray got something to tell you, right? He had like <laughs> multiple releases coming out after Star Wars that year. Right, so exactly. he's fine. Yeah. And, and he was he's the best Adam thing about Driver these movies. Still the best thing about this movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But Oscar Isaac gets saddled with all the crap dialogue. Yeah. There's takes in this film where you can see that he doesn't believe in the dialogue he's saying. Yeah. But how rushed must this production have been that they use those takes? Yeah. Like yeah. you can see yeah. moments on screen where it's like he's not sure what he's meant to be believing. Like yeah. when they get captured, um, he's kind of trying to do this like i'm you know like he's the laid back guy he's just shrugging but also like i'm actually disappointed and he just kind of looks like 
He yep. doesn't know what to how, what to put in his face. I he just doesn't care. The same thing for Adam Driver. And he insists on wearing the helmet for the terrible lines. Right. Like, you're his granddaughter. Yeah. But Adam Driver is still oh, good. We should have clarified we're spoiling it. But whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. People we're know spoiling. about it. You, you've I, seen it. I just say as well, like, the, the weird thing for me, like, I, I think the worst way to watch a movie is with a stopwatch timing the amount of screen time <laughs> yeah. for people. But I am a rose truther. Like, that is she like, was barely in the movie. messed up. Like, do not introduce a character... Like and then to back out of it. to just back out of it because a couple of people got angry online because they were like a pointless extraneous and character. Do you, do you want to actually give um, credence to those people? Like yeah, like completely, completely. It's validating them, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. My but other favorite Oscar Isaac bit is at the end when the um, villains uh, winning and he's like, "Oh no, I thought mm. we could win. I, we yeah. can't. Yeah, I've Sorry, to, I've got to go. You guys want to keep talking about Star Wars? I mean, we could." Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it's nice to wrap up. I mean, it. we could wrap up, and I could just say so. Uh, review of Fantasy Island. Um, Tell us about Fantasy, Fantasy Island. Island uh, the first half hour is good, and then it's like seventy minutes too long. Uh, the Canary in the Coal Mine was Universal not releasing at Sony. They of course have the first look on Blumhouse. Somehow well, it still got to theaters. Universal are releasing a, another Blumhouse movie. We're not allowed to talk about, and it's actually good. Yeah. Yeah, um, but we're under embargo. We're under embargo. So that's oh, more no, for next week. In a subsequent week. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we will It'll stay invisible until then. Absolutely. We will be. So we will be back in a subsequent week talking about the hunt. Yeah, talking which, about the hunt. Talking about the hunt. Yep, that's what yes. we were talking about. Yeah. Um, come go to Static Vision. Go to Hyperlinks this weekend, Friday through Sunday. Pink Flamingo. Do it's it. Gonna be, it's gonna be rad. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Because I'm, 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 unlike, unlike, Palp- this one as unlike well, Palpatine, he? you'll have friends. There'll be friends. Just waiting for him to say like Zounds or something. Palpatine. Okay. One last thing on this movie. Why are there no Palpatine memes all over the internet? We're gonna make them. Like, yeah, doesn't true. it? Didn't it, yeah. it feels like it's yeah. such a goddamn funny thing. Yeah, that there I, I was expecting be like it be replaced by Endless. like mini me. Suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mini-me. Like you know. Speaking of mini me, then... I was watching uh, Limp Bizkit's 1999 Woodstock set the other day, <laughs> and uh, during break stuff, uh, no, during Faith, it's made me sad. It, <laughs> during Faith, it just cuts to the stage, and there's Vern Troyer rocking out, and I was like, damn. <laughs> I miss the guy. Rest was, in peace. That was a time. Yeah. Rest in peace, Ventura. We'll be back next week. Felix, thanks so much for being on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So much nostalgia right there. Bye. Cool. <laughs> that was-